for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again. Uh, first off, I want to thank everybody that's been tuning in all year. This has kind of been the first year that we've had a full calendar year. Calendar year. Let me stop stumbling over my words there of like straight podcasts. So I want to thank everybody for uh, giving us all the support and love that we needed this year as we approach our final livecast of 2020. Um, and today for that livecast, we have a very special guest, um, a fellow Texan. Well, I can't technically say I'm a Texan because I've only been here a year, but uh, so, you know, just a fellow Texan. We have uh, Jennifer Ebert. How's it going today, Jennifer? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. You know, I just got back from visiting family over the holidays. And so like, I'm a little rusty but a little like recharged so it's like this little weird <laughs> space you know just trying to gather yeah. uh driving through uh dallas fort worth at two in the morning was a a a fun drive for me you know so yeah <laughs> as so, uh, as recovering from family is <laughs> yep, oh but first off i want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast sorry we had to reschedule you were originally supposed to be on last week, but due to technical issues being not near my normal setup, it made things a little bit harder, but I'm glad we were able to get you in before the uh, official oh, end of the year. Yeah, for sure. I, I have nothing going on in my life, so this was pretty easy for me to reschedule. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, first off, before we kind of jump into everything, can you kind of give uh, people that aren't really familiar with who you are, like a brief rundown of what got you into music. Yeah, so I grew up singing and I wanted to be Dale Evans and sing, act and ride horses. And I did the acting, I did the musicals, but then I realized I had to share my stage and I don't like that so much. And I tried the horses, but come to find out I'm not athletic or graceful. So I probably shouldn't sit on anything that large and move around. So um, I got into singing. I, I just took voice lessons and started doing music and just kept doing it. And that was when I was about 12 and I just haven't stopped yet. So it's, I've been doing it for like, I don't know, five years now. So it's been a good time. <laughs> and and you were you're born, raised in Texas, lived here your entire life. Yeah, I've I have been here and just haven't left. I thought about leaving, but I just don't have the desire to go. It's fun. I like Texas. I like the people here. It's a fun culture. So I like to go to other states and sing there, but then continually come back. Yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things where once you find that place you like to kind of base yourself out of you, yeah. you still, like that's the one thing thing people don't understand is you don't have to 
stay there you can travel and all that fun yeah. stuff so mm-hmm. um but has it always been uh dallas or dallas area i guess yeah, I've always been in the Dallas-ish area. I'm actually east of Dallas, about 25 miles in Terrell. So um, it's it's nice because I'm easy access to the city, but I can get to Austin or, you know, Waco because I yeah. do a lot of gigs there or, you know, I have a Bucky's right on the corner. Um, my house isn't near big enough, um, not enough hiding places from the tiny humans, but here we are. <laughs> okay. That's one place I haven't been yet is Bucky's. Everybody, every time I drive to Dallas from Waco, there, I, there, uh, there's a, there's a Bucky's on 35, right? Heading up towards. Yes, yes, and, and every- there's a Bucky's at the end of my street now in Terrell. Yeah, it, it's great. It, it, it's one of those things. It's like every time I'm driving to Dallas or through Dallas. And I go past that Bucky's on 35. It's always like three in the morning and I'm not hungry. I'm not like, I don't need gas. So it's like the most, not inconvenient, but it's like, yeah, I'm not going to stop at two in the morning to go. But you know what? The Bucky's is it. I stop anyway, because it has the best bathrooms and I don't even use the bathrooms in my house anymore because it's so close to me. I'm just like, kids, we're just going to go down the street it's cleaner there anyway. Anybody who gets a present from me, it comes from Bucky's. You know, Jamie Foxx is from Terrell. And since we have Bucky's, have we even mentioned him? No. Yeah. Well, he, he needs to step it up because Bucky's is the new big thing. It's yeah. just, you cannot compete with Bucky's. No, you really. Beaver nuggets? Yeah. I don't think I... you can compete with a beaver nugget. Everybody keeps telling me, nope, you just got to stop there and eat. It's like, okay, fine. One of these days, I will just straight up stop and eat. Yes. I mean, you can get a scone. You can get coffee. You can get barbecue. It doesn't matter. You can get yeah. Ab- the world. The world yeah. is at Bucky's. Absolutely. Absolutely. But so you just recently uh, released your, it's your debut single as a solo artist, correct? It is. It is. I'm really excited about it. It's um, cool. It's called Beautifully Unbroken. What, what's kind of the uh, story behind the song? You know, I, I, I really like the idea of that song because, you know, and this year, especially, I think for a lot of people, of course, 2020 has kind of been my entire life. And, you know, welcome everyone. <laughs> but um, I, I was thinking through, uh, you know, some circumstances I was going through and, you know, if you just imagine everything looking into it, it just looks broken. But then if you look at a piece of stained glass in a church, it's like all these broken, beautiful pieces of art that were just essentially damaged ahead of time and then um, made into this beautiful piece of artwork. And that's people's lives essentially it's just all these broken pieces put together to be beautiful and that's what I was thinking about when I was writing the song is thinking about you know that if you just remade your life and didn't look at it as broken but as rebuilt out of what people would look at as brokenness that can become really beautiful um and which is funny that I would write 
something like that along those lines because I'm not a serious person. Mm-hmm. But I I just really liked the idea of that yeah. um, message. Yeah. And how how long uh, how long ago did you write uh, this song? How long is this? It was it was this last year I wrote it. Um, so it hasn't been that long ago. It was last year. So it's been about a year. And, um, but I didn't record it for a while until, you know, I knew the direction I wanted to take it in the sound because there were so many options. You know, if I want to do a full production or, you know, where I wanted to record and how I wanted to record and the message I wanted it to feel like. Yeah. What was it? Was this always going to be the debut single for your solo project or was it kind of up in between a couple of different options? I think it was up in the air, but then I, there were a few different options I was leaning toward, but then just with the atmosphere and the feelings I would get from other people, I just decided that this was probably the best option. Um, just, I thought it would be more relatable right yeah. now to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And do, do you have like uh, plans or aspirations of doing like a proper music video for this song or? Yes, a funny story about that. So my videographer that I'm working with um, is actually in Waco. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was in Waco quite a bit. And if you see my pictures, you probably recognize downtown Waco. Yeah. Um, because I did my photo shoot in Waco um, with the same photographer that did the video. Um, and so we, we are shot a video and um, it's really, it's going to be really cool. It's a little more cinematic and probably a bigger production than the actual sound of the song. Um, but I thought that was going to be a really cool look he and I talked about and we think it's it's really cool and he's very talented so Jesse Prince Jr. and Waco actually did my video so there you go <laughs> awesome awesome I'll have to ask a couple of my friends because I work for the uh, local tv station here and they know a lot of the video producers in town so I'll have to check out some of his work and I can't yeah. wait to see the music video <laughs> um as far as the video goes uh how much hands-on were you as uh, part of the creative process or do you trust Jesse enough to be like here, here's like a basic idea like how, from your end how much input did you put in for the creative aspects of the I, I told him the feeling I wanted and uh, you know the general idea mm-hmm. and then I let him kind of I said you know what this is what you do you're better at this than I am so I'm going to let you um, figure it out, but this is the feeling that I want from it, yeah. you know, so he's, you know, creative and he's got, I yeah. trust him. He's brilliant. So do you have a release date yet for the music video? Well, um, we decided to do it two or three weeks ago and then <laughs> decided not to. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still pending. It's still pending. Um, I didn't want to do it as we released the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to hold, hold off a bit um, and do it a little bit later. But um, 
kind of waiting, wanted to get through Christmas and the holidays. Yeah. I don't want it to get lost in the shuffle. So yeah, I, that's, that's always the tough part about trying to do something around the holidays is it's like, yeah, you want to try and get it done before the holidays, but you don't want to rush it. And right. If you kind of try and split it, it's like, okay, you do it before Christmas. And then there's like a week, possibly two weeks after before you can get back together to start working on it and it's it's gonna have like a weird weird flow or yeah could, yeah and didn't want it to be of course it's good but didn't want it to be rushed or not perfected yeah. Oh, yeah. trying yeah. to reach a deadline before the holidays and it's like you know what just let's just do it right let's yeah, just absolutely. make sure that it's perfect and represents both of our artistic sides in the best way and you know, when we get it out, it'll be amazing. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So beautifully unbroken released little or almost two months ago, beginning of November. <laughs> um, what, what's kind of going through your head now that you've got this debut single out to represent you as a solo performer? Um, I I've just been enjoying it, you know, just talking about it, and I've been singing it for a long time anyway and always get good reception from it and I've gotten messages from people about the song and you know it's a different sound than I normally would do it's not as big it's a very raw sound that I'm not used to doing and so I wasn't sure how it would be perceived and so I was like this is either going to be really good or really bad. <laughs> gotcha. That, that's when I, the first time I listened to it, that, that's the first thing that I noticed that it wasn't overproduced. You know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of there. It was you very raw, very real. And it, I, for me, it worked. Like it, I was just sitting there listening to it and I'm like, okay, you're, you're not trying to do too much. You're not trying to do too little. It just works. It's there. Um, so that, that was the one thing that I really appreciated where you weren't relying on like a bunch of production tricks, I guess is what you would call it to, to jazz it up. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I went to, um, I actually recorded it locally, which I've never done before. Um, I've always gone, you know, to Nashville and, and used my, um, amazing producer there, but I decided to do it locally this time. Mm -hmm. And just let's just see what happens, you know. And I used um, David Carr Jr., who's a well-known, amazing saxophone player who has his own studio. And I said, "Can you and I do this?" And we actually did a release last year together too, mm-hmm. which was a Christmas release. Nice. Um, and uh, then I was like, and that got really good previews and I actually got reached out to by some people are like hey this is good come here because we want to work with that same sound and I was like we want to work with that same sound I think I'll just stick with what I'm doing (laughs) so so um yeah I used him and he knows me very well we've done different shows together before and knows me personally and knows you know my visions and Mm -hmm. you know we'll sit and talk and so he's like, I know what your vision is. I know what you're thinking. So decided let's not bring other instruments in. I said, let's just make this quiet. And we don't, don't even do drums. Yeah. Just 
let's make it very soft because I think that the lyrics could be so strong in this. Yep. I'm afraid it'll get covered up and the message will get lost. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you'd mentioned that you normally go out to Nashville to do a lot of your re mm -hmm. recording. Um, what obviously the pandemic right now kind of makes things a little bit harder to travel yeah. and get out. Uh, how often are you usually going out to Nashville? I normally go every few months mm -hmm. just to, you know, network, um, write, do shows there and, um, you know, just businessy-ish mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and I haven't been since March. Oh. I was there in Nashville. I had like three nights of shows and meetings mm -hmm. and I was actually in the middle of performing in a venue and Trump comes on the TV in the venue that I'm at while I'm singing and says, okay, we're going to shut everything down. I was like, <laughs> so I was like, okay, so, okay, farewell tour. <laughs> yep. we're, we're wrapping this one up quick. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I was, I've actually, it's been since January, since I've been to Nashville, I went to Nashville, uh, -huh. uh Let's see, the tornado was beginning of March. I was there at the yeah. end of January. So we were working with a bunch of local musicians there. And the plan was to come back every couple of months, you know, because we had found a really cool place to record. Uh -huh. It wasn't expensive, but it wasn't cheap either. So it was just like, yeah. we could do this every couple of months. And then, of course, pandemic hits. And it's like, yay. Here we are. We're not going back anytime soon. Here we are. So. Now's our time of reflection and writing to find ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who do you usually uh, record with out in Nashville? Um, I Sal Oliveri. Okay. Um, he's amazing. He's a genius and a, just a good person. He's just amazing. Nice. Um, and I adore him and his genius, but I did not go there. And I, it, it, whatever I would have done with him would have been perfection too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just stuck local this time just to, you know, let's just try it out see how it goes. And of course I knew David's, you know, a music, musical genius yeah. also. So I couldn't lose either way, really. Yeah. If, if, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, the song that you recorded locally versus recording it uh, in Nashville, you don't know if it's going to how much of a difference it was going to make if yeah. one versus the other was going to understand what you really wanted to do. Right. So, they both would have done an amazing job. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with this being your uh, debut, debut single, um, as a solo artist, I have to preface that. What were you doing musically beforehand? Were you in a group or what was kind of your history prior? Yeah, I was, uh, I was in a group, a duo, um, for about 11 years. Okay. Uh-huh. And I was a country duo. Uh, so I did that. And then we split up and I was like, you know what? I was reinvented. I was like, I need to reinvent myself, but I need to know what I'm doing before I do it. And I was actually talking to Sal and um, he told me, cause I told him, I said, you know, people book me places and I just, you know, I go in and I just don't know that I'm what they're yeah. expecting. Mm -hmm. And be, 
and he said, you know, it's like I offered people tea, but I hand, but I gave them orange juice instead. Yeah. They like orange juice. They would have said yes to orange juice, but because I offered them tea, it's threw them off. And yeah. so I was, I, and I was like, you know, I'm not a country singer. Yeah. So I was like, you know, let me, let me kind of percolate on that a little bit and really know what I'm doing before go into the studio and, you know, represent myself in a specific way and so I haven't and I've actually been gigging more than I ever have I've been doing two to three gigs a week oh wow yeah even through the pandemic so it's it's actually been really nice um just reinventing and being true to my own sound and voice and you know doing that instead of trying to force a sound that I think will be popular and go over well just because I'm in Texas and in a certain area. Yeah, absolutely. So it's you worked know, for me. Yeah. Like the fact that you brought up that even during the pandemic, you're still able to book shows and do shows. I think that's the perk of living in Texas is, yeah. I mean, yeah, there were points where depending on where you lived, like mm-hmm. shows kind of slowed down or weren't happening or weren't publicly advertised as happening you know um but for the most part every weekend since march i've seen clips of somebody doing a show or somebody promoting a show so like right you know and the fact that you said even during the pandemic you were still able to book two to three shows a week that's incredible you know it's well you just have to get more creative with with the venues and what you're playing and how you go about it i guess you know playing venues that I know will be open like malls. Yeah. Malls stay open. Yeah. Can play those and you know, other restaurants, East Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Any place in East Texas. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's it, it it it's just one of those things where it's like take a bad time, make lemon out of or make lemonade out of lemons. I was gonna I think we just made a lemon out of 2020. It's just a lemon. Just suck on it and smile. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> the things I say. Perfect. That was that was perfect. Oh, I'm gonna put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> we just, <laughs> all right. Um, so. So, since we're on that topic of 20 oh now we're doing that <laughs> since, since, since we're, it'll be a quick one i, I won't okay. dwell on the lemon that has been 2020 uh, <laughs> have you done any of like the virtual shows or anything like that have you experimented in that realm i did i did um some from my living room back in march mm-hmm. and it was okay yeah. Kind of made me depressed, but I did. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is any better. Is anyone there I'm talking to myself? <laughs> well, that's the conversation that I've, I have with a lot of musicians that they started doing like the virtual shows and that it just wasn't giving them the fix or the, you know, like, like, like they're drug addicts, but you know, it's right. like it wasn't giving them the fix that they wanted. And, you know, so they're, they're just kind of like, 
I did it for a little bit and then I stopped. And it's like, it, it, it's one of those things where music is such an in-person thing that you need that energy to feed off of that it just makes anything else subpar. You know, and I joked about that though, because it's like, I don't have an audience, but then I was like, but do I ever really? <laughs> well, and th that, that's where you got to go back. Like if you are doing like the virtual shows and uh, um, building on that, you know, you at least initially, you just got to turn it into the idea of return to the idea of when you first got started playing music, playing the empty coffee houses or, and there's like nobody there you're playing just for the repetition and stage right <laughs> just to kind of putting in your time but even in like those shows you had the one barista in the back that would just at clap. least there was that one lonely slow clap yeah <laughs> from the right. worker there who felt sorry for you <laughs> yeah it's like there's nobody here we're all losing money so here, here's a pity clap for you you know exactly which is pretty much like it felt, you know, doing the live gigs. It's like, you know, you put your Venmo or PayPal up for your virtual tip bucket. And it's like your mom starts sending you money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's like, mom, I don't have enough food or money to go buy groceries tomorrow. <laughs> you know? It's it, like, I sent you a Chick-fil-A gift card. <laughs> Yes. It's like Christian chicken will save you every time. Yes. Um, but I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because I have a feeling your kids will mutiny if we sit here too much longer and chat. It's okay. They've already revolted and back in April. Uh, well, yeah, as staying at home 24-7 with not much to do will do to kids. But um, with it being the holiday season and Christmas just coming past, one of my favorite questions this past month has always been from when you were a kid, what is your favorite Christmas memory? Oh, I don't know. I had so many Christmases. Um, hmm. You know, there was one year where my parents had us, there was like a group of people in our church and we spent all of Christmas day mm -hmm. going and delivering presents to needy families. Yeah. That was probably, and we only did that, I think we only did that one year with this group where we spent Christmas day doing that. But I think, you know, the grandparents were upset because we weren't like over at their house. Yeah you know, on Christmas and, and stuff, but it was, it was good because it made us really thankful for, you know, we went home to, you know, we're the only grandkids and great grandkids. So, mm -hmm. you know, we went home to our overspoiled Christmas mm -hmm. where we got bored opening up presents and, you yeah. know, kind of felt guilty, yeah. you know, cause we had just gone to people's houses who had the, yeah. absolutely nothing yeah. except for the toys that my brother and I went and picked out at, walmart or wherever it was we went you know so that was good yeah that's that's actually really cool and it's it's a similar experience i had uh as a kid just uh remember like the first time that i helped doing something for toys for tots you know it's like you got 
just yeah so it's always a formative experience when you realize hey it could always be worse right you could always have nothing you know mm-hmm. so um but yeah so outside of music and all that fun stuff like just uh playing music writing recording what are some of your hobbies what do you what do you do outside of music i just keep tiny people alive <laughs> that is that's basically uh, all i do you know laundry i enjoy the laundry sorting finding lids to my tupperware <laughs> how, how do you how do you find time or how do you balance kind of the life as a mother versus a musician how do you kind of find balance and happiness in that Oh, yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, I'm not as cool as I was when they were little because I have four daughters. Okay. Ranging all the way from 13 to four. And, you know, uh, they used to think I was awesome doing the music and stuff. And now it's not as much. (laughs) But um, because, you know, I'm a single mom, so they're always with me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're here with me every weekends when I do gigs and stuff. So I do a lot of, I don't do a lot of the, you know, the bars anymore, you know, playing till 2am on occasion, but I don't do that often. Um, So most of the places I go are family friendly. And so I can take them with me. So I'll just grab one or two of them. And I'm like, in the car, we're going to go bond. And of course, I never play anywhere close to home. So it's like everywhere I go, it's at least a one and a half hour drive two hour drive or a weekend or something and i'm like get in the car we're gonna go bond on the drive on the way there and they're like and i'm like get in yeah so they get in the car i'm like okay let's talk about our feelings and they're like (laughs) and it's like oh you can't get out (laughs) you can't get out wait a minute what did you just say i have an idea for a song here you know just keep telling me your feelings and then Eventually, you have an entire album about your 13-year-old daughter's feelings. Exactly. It's fabulous. <laughs> she doesn't think so. And she's like, no, you're just going to use these stories. <laughs> they all say that. You're just going to use these stories. And then you release the album and all the critics are like, bitch, she's so in touch with the movement of today. Where is she drawing this inspiration? As children like, uh, being held hostage in her car. <laughs> hey, you know, it happens. Um, speaking of kind of like your creative process, what is your creative process? Do you have, do you find that you have to be more disciplined with your writing? Like, because you're balancing mom music and all those duties that it's like, okay, I have time from like 8 PM to 9 PM to write, or are you a little bit more freelance with your writing? Um, I write really well with deadlines. So if there's somebody I'm writing for Mm -hmm. who needs a project done by a specific date, I'm very deadline, you know, structured and how that goes because I'm a, I'm a tad bit ADHD. So, um, but I tend to wait and write in the middle of the night, mm. you know, around 2 a.m. I always have my ideas yeah. of what I want. And I have desks full of notebooks with ideas and crappy songs and crappy ideas. And yeah. then I'll go through and I'm like, oh, this one might be something amazing. And so I'll stay up and write for several days if I'm in 
my, if I get one that's closer, I think this one's it, this one has potential, this has mm-hmm. that one moment in it, I'll stay in my room with the door locked for like two days, yeah. getting this song right to where the music and the lyrics have the same feeling and have a moment somewhere in it that I think is amazing. But I like to do it in the middle of the night because I feel like it's like writing drunk. Yeah. If I'm just really tired, yeah. then I think I'm less filtered and which, you know, I'm never yeah. filtered, but yeah. even less filtered and just kind of talk and like, this is good. This feels raw. This feels emotional. And then I go back and structure it more and make it a little more yeah. correct. And yeah. then- and- so like initially it's just kind of what you're feeling and not so much i don't want to say following a formula because that's not necessarily the correct term but following a structure i guess would be the right it's less textbook Um, there you go and then i'll go back and then i write i i can't write in a computer i have to write my everything side by side so i can make sure that everything matches and I have my, all my lines ride and my patterns ride. And yeah. then I'm rewarded. I'm like, well, that's, a, that's a horrible word. What's a different yeah. word. So then I sit with my thesaurus and I'm like yep. <laughs> going through and I'm like, I'll never rhyme that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So you, you kind of lock yourself in the bedroom for two days and you come out, the kids turn the house into Lord of the flies and you got to kind of. Basically rest- it's like we lost the game of Jumanji. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but, and then I play it for them, and they're like, "That's horrible! Don't do that one." No. I'm like, but but it's a hit, and they're like, "No, no. It's, <laughs> wait, it's that's like, me." <laughs> wait, I told you that story last night. What that's is my this? line? Don't worry, I'll make you a co-writer. <laughs> it's like mom's paying our way through college. All right, let's get it. Go for it. Here, here's all the stories. Let's let's make it let's make it work. Right. So, um. But I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It's been an absolute blast. Um, as far as for this, uh, un, or as far as for this single, I don't know. I got so tongue-tied for "Beautifully Unbroken." Uh, is the plan kind of to work towards an album, or are you kind of seeing yourself just kind of doing singles? I mean, I don't want to really. I eventually, I want to have all of these songs on an album but I don't want to just release an album because no one buys them anymore I I just want to focus on one song at a time that's done really well and a video at a time that's done really well and focus on those and then you know put it all in a package together but you know um just one at a time yeah and that's kind of where the industry's going nowadays it's like single 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 and if you really want to, here's an album. Like if you, at, at once you get to a point where you can get out and tour and do shows to promote like a full body of work, yeah, you can release mm-hmm. it as a full album. But right now, because of Spotify and everything, it's singles. yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And I'll even put CDs out at gigs and stuff, and people are like, "But is it online?" Yeah. I'm like, "Of course it is." They're like, "Because I just want this song," and I'm like, <laughs> "But oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that one's there." They're like, "Okay, great." So that, I mean. <laughs> that's just how it goes for me personally it's all about the vinyl like i'd rather much rather buy your vinyl than buy your cd i know right <laughs> i want to hear it crackle yeah well it, it's that and it's like 
the CDs cool. You, uh, like I grew up on CDs. That that's how I got my start listening to music. Like mm-hmm. just kind of revealing how young I am and what have you. But um, you know, just started with CDs. I remember like when I graduated seventh or eighth grade. I think it was. I got my first disc man. Yeah. And my mom was like, here, I just got the Grease soundtrack. You can listen to that. And so it was like that and then another CD that I'd bought. Um, and then, like, so I definitely cut my teeth listening to CDs, but just be, I remember listening to, like, vinyl. Mm-hmm. My mom's vinyl, and it's just like, man, there's just something different about it. I just enjoy it. It is. I wish I could make all my recordings sound like it was on vinyl. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a technique to it to like the this vinyl CD or so. I don't know. That'd be that'd be an interesting interesting cut. But you know, um, but so where could everybody find you online if they want to follow you on social media? Where can they listen to Beautifully Unbroken? All that fun. Yeah, stuff. yeah. So my website is jenniferimmer.com, E-M-A-R-D.com, and. Uh, I think that has links, of course, to all my social media stuff. But my um, Facebook, I think, is um, Facebook is Jim Band Official, yep. which is also my Instagram. And I'm told to get Twitter, which I haven't done yet. I'm working on it, but there's so much to say. I can't figure out how to get it down. <laughs> so, actually, um, <laughs> actually what? One thing you should look into is TikTok. I've looked into that. It's I don't where all the understand kids are nowadays, it. I hear. I know, but I don't get it. I'm like, I'm not old. Maybe yeah. I just don't care. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I wasn't a big believer in TikTok as like a platform for musicians to promote themselves and like build a following on their music, other than like someplace to candidly post cute photo or cute videos of their puppies or their kids or their right whatever or if they had the kind of personality where they did cute things themselves but i was watching this one musician from nashville she was getting ready to she was building up this promo for this new single and like once every couple of days it was like this video of her just building the song like, so one day it was like just the guitar riff and then she started releasing like the chorus and, you know, and just, like she was just like building the song in front of you. And by the oh. time, by the time she got to the end of it, she had like the acoustic version and she's playing it in the background. She's like, Hey, if you want me to go into the studio and record this, uh, let me know. And she ended up getting like a hundred thousand likes or something on TikTok, And she went to the studio, recorded it. And all of a sudden, the uh, song released a couple weeks ago, and it like reached number one in iTunes or something. Oh, I nice! Like, I was like, "All right, I have to figure out what she did, how God, she did I've it." God, I've got to get TikTok now. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I, well, with active kids, TikTok might be natural for you. Who knows? Who knows? <sighs> but oh. Once again, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you guys later.